You're listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Welcome to the Wild. Welcome everyone that is new. I think we have a few first timers. That's always exciting. We love getting new people. Can't wait to see you next week. So for those of you that haven't been with us yet this month, we are in our Not Alone series. Not Alone, we're talking all about relationships. And we kicked off last week with talking about how God tells us that it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. That he designed us to desire relationship because he desires relationship, right? We're designed that way. And the title of my message tonight is, Who's Got Your Back? Who's Got Your Back? So we're diving in tonight talking about family and friends and the people from those groups that make up our support system. People that are our support system. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. You can go ahead and stand to your feet, too. We are going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes. Good luck finding that one. Excuse me while I move my table a little bit. Ecclesiastes. It's just after the book of Proverbs. That's helpful. Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It'll be on the screen for you as well if you don't have a Bible. This is what it says. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Two are better than one. All right. Before you take your seats, I want you to turn to one of your neighbors and give them a hug. <laughs> All right, once you've, once you've given your hug, sit down. <laughs> I love that you're sitting right there. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so raise your hand in here if you are a hugger. You like to give hugs. Wow. The huggers are so excited about that even. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. I'm not going to ask those of you that aren't huggers because I know what's going to happen is all of you huggers are going to look for them and you're going to attack them. And that's not cool. Okay. That's not cool. We need to give people space. They'll make it. They'll make it there eventually, okay? But did you guys know that after hugging someone for 20 seconds, your body releases a chemical called oxytocin, not to be mistaken with oxycotton, okay? Oxytocin. And what that chemical does is it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your heart rate, and it actually improves your mood. Straight facts. 
right? I didn't make that up because I'm not that smart. So for those of you that aren't huggers, I'm not the one telling you it's good for you, it's science, okay? <laughs> science tells you that it is physically better for you to hug. But you could also blame God, right, because he designed our bodies that way. So, ouch on that one, get wrecked. Yeah, get wrecked. Just kidding, I still love you because I'm not, like, fully on board with complete hugger yet either. So we're good. I'm trying. I'm getting there. But the key, the key to that hug of 20 seconds, though, is that it has to be someone that you love or care about. Your body is releasing that when it's someone that you love or care about, right? Because I'm not about to just hug a random stranger off the street for 20 seconds. That will for sure not release oxytocin in me. If he tells me to, I will. And if it's at the altar, like after prayer time, I yes, I do that, okay? That's a different scenario. That's why I said some random person on the street, unless I'm praying for them on the street. You guys know what I'm saying. Don't make this more difficult than it is. Okay. <laughs> right? Yes, there are certain scenarios where that might be different. And maybe for that person at the altar, that is doing that for them. Because maybe they don't have a person that they can hug on the regular that loves them and cares about them, right? It's not just about me. It's about the other person experiencing that too. Okay. The thing is, we got a little off track. You need people in your life that you can count on, right? You need people that love you and people that care about you, that you trust and that you respect, people that you can be open and vulnerable with. And, you know, like when crap hits the fan, people that are going to be there for you. Everyone needs those people, and those people make up our support system. So we have a, a picture, if we could throw that up here. It's a bridge. So this, this is in Des Moines, okay, super fancy, Des Moines Bridge. So if you look at this bridge, you see that same, like, X-type structure over and over again, right? That's called a truss. It's called a trust. It sounds similar to another word. Trust, crazy, right? I honestly don't know if that's coincidence or not, but it sounds like trust. And what those trusts do is they support the bridge. So if I don't trust them, I'm not going to go on the bridge, right? The trusses are what support it. And their job is to distribute weight so that the bridge doesn't fall. Because you notice how it's not just one truss. There's multiple. There's a lot of them. Because if there was only one and that one truss failed, the bridge is going down. And just like bridges, we need multiple trusses. We need multiple people that make up our support system, not just one person. And most likely, those people are going to come from your family or your group of friends. But notice that I said they will come from, not that everyone 
in your family or friend group is part of your support system. That's, imp that's an important difference to note. Because you need to choose the people wisely who will be your trusses. The people to distribute the weight of your life and help support you, help lift you up. So before we dive into looking at what those people should be, what qualities they should have, <coughs> we need to get one thing straight. The foundation of your support system has to be God. The foundation of your support system has to be God. Because number one, when a trust or a person in that system fails, which they will, because we're human, they will fail from time to time, God will not fail. That's why he's the foundation. He will not fail. But two, you need to be able to filter whatever advice those people in your support system are giving you through God. You need to support any advice. Even, even the most godly parent can get something wrong, right? So we need to filter everything through the word of God for ourselves. Asking yourself the question, does what this person is saying align with the Bible? Does it align with the word of God? And so why is, why is what I'm saying about this so important? Because I know that there are some of you in here who have parents or family members that don't have a relationship with God. Yeah, the lights are super distracting. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> I'm going to keep rolling, though, because we're on a time schedule. So, even though you have maybe parents or family that don't have a relationship with God, I'm not telling you that they can't or shouldn't be part of your support system. Does that make sense? Because some of you have absolutely amazing parents that love you and care about you. They just simply don't know God yet. That's okay. They should still be part of your support system because they love and care about you. Just means you're going to have to look through that lens of God a little bit deeper with what they're telling you. For example, maybe you feel God calling you into a place of ministry, whether that's pastor, worship leader, kids, pastor, whatever it is, if your parents don't have a relationship with God, they might not understand that. So they might try to steer you a different direction. You need to filter that through the lens of God. Know that they just want what's best for you, but you still need to obey God, right? Those people can still be a part of your support system. So this is also why it's so important that we have multiple people in our support system. Because each person's going to bring something different. So if you have a couple people that don't know God, just make sure you have some people that do. Because they're going to offer different things to you. And maybe you have a person that you know that 
at the drop of a hat, let's say you, you have a flat tire in your car, and you know that they'll drop everything and come to you to help you where you're at. Awesome. That's, those are the things they can offer, acts of service. That's great. They should be part of your support system. We can all offer something different, but there are a few things that everyone in your support system needs. So we have three specific things tonight if you're taking notes. The first one is this. They need to be encouraging. Everyone in your support system needs to be encouraging. Because part of being supportive is being encouraging. They should help you look at the positives of your situation and lift you up. You don't want someone that's going to dwell on the negativity with you rather than offering solutions. Because all that's doing, guys, is fueling the drama that you're living in. If they're dwelling on the negative over and over again and they're adding to the negative, that's not being encouraging and it's not supportive. You need someone who's going to help you look at the bright side of the situation. Someone that's going to tell you it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. And this rolls right into the next one. Number two, they need to speak life, not death. They have to speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's a pretty strong verse. The tongue can bring death or life. That is literally what the Bible says. Our words have power. And so you need people in your support system that are speaking words of life. Proverbs 15.4, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So obviously being encouraging is a part of speaking life. But you also need someone who's going to tell you that you need to get your crap together. Just to say it blunt, you need someone who's going to speak truth to you as well. Because truth is also speaking life. Let's say you find yourself always getting your schoolwork done late. You're always turning your stuff in late. You need someone who's going to come to you and say, hey, maybe it's time to look at your priorities. How much time are you spending on these other things? Where is there a time in your schedule that you should be working on your schoolwork, but instead you're doing something else? And they do that in love, right? Because they love you and they care about you, which is why they're part of your support system. But there will be times when you also need to be reminded of biblical truth. We need to be reminded to get back to walking with God and walking like Jesus walked. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. You need people bold enough to tell you the hard things. Because those conversations are not always easy. When we're reminding our friends and pointing out, hey, 
this isn't super great for you, and the Bible says that actually we should be doing this, and I know you know that, and I love you, and that's why I'm telling you, so let's do it. Let's work on it together. Because like our scripture at the start of Proverbs said that we should be speaking those things in a gentle way. When we're telling people the hard things, we should be doing that in love, right? It goes back to encouraging. If you have someone who's just constantly criticizing you, not what I'm talking about. That's not being helpful. That's not being encouraging. They should be doing it out of love for you. The last thing, the people in your support system should honor you. And what I mean by that is they should honor your convictions. So a conviction is a firmly held belief. A firmly held belief. Now in the Bible, there are things that God has laid out that are convictions for all of us. But then we also have things that are personal to us. Things that I believe is a conviction for me, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a conviction for you. For example, you don't want to drink. And none of you should be drinking right now because none of you are 21, right? So if you don't want to be doing that, your support system shouldn't be inviting you to parties every weekend. They shouldn't be inviting you into the temptation that you've told them you don't want to be a part of. And they shouldn't be making fun of you for having that conviction. Romans 14, 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. That's exactly what this is talking about. So this might be a, a personal conviction. Maybe your personal conviction is you've decided that you're not going to date, whether it's for a period of time, it's till a certain age, whatever it is, the people in your support system shouldn't be pointing out guys and girls and telling you to ask them out. They shouldn't constantly be talking about that guy or that girl around you if they know that you've made that conviction to not date. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Yes? Okay. You need people who will honor you and the way that you want and feel convicted to live. Even if it's not their conviction, they should honor what you have been convicted by and what you believe you need to do for yourself. So why is your support system so important? Because if you have one weak trust, the whole bridge is weakened. Even just one person who isn't encouraging you or speaking life or honoring you will slow down your healing and your personal development. Now, like I said at the beginning, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. All of us are human and we're going to make mistakes. Just because they let you down one time doesn't mean that you need to kick them out immediately. But if you start to notice the pattern of these things and that they're not doing these three things, 
it might be time to rethink whether or not they should really be a part of your support system. So as we break up into our small groups, the question that I have for you is, who is speaking into your life? And who's got your back? Who's speaking into your life and who's got your back? Go ahead and break up into groups. We've got 20 minutes. If you don't have a small group yet, please come up here to the front and I will help you find one. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go to myeternity.com slash wild. Or you can join us in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30 at Eternity. Yeah.